Welcome to the Triathlete Hour. Instead of an interview this week, we have a short, fun episode with Laura Sidal. Consider it an expanded Sid Talks. We're going to dissect the first big weekend of racing in North America, what people can expect from the St. George World's Course this fall, and who's peaking a little early and who to watch. Then we'll also talk about what else in the calendar is coming up, Olympics qualification. Get excited for triathlon again after this short break. All right, this week, Sid is joining us for a whole St. George show. We're going to talk racing. Sid, this is my favorite thing. Race Instagram is back. Yesterday today, it was like all posts of my racing go the way I wanted. I'm still going to hang strong. Like that's that's what you do. <laughs> back to the drawing board, you know, by head down, more work to do, but I'm fired up. I'm motivated and stuff like that. Thanks for sponsors. Look, yeah, it's... um. Oh, it's been such a buzz this weekend. Yeah, we've had, obviously we've had, uh, we had Daytona and Challenge Miami and we've had some great races already this year. But I think this weekend with such a big race at St. George and it, it was, yeah, it was North American champs. It's, I guess, a preview for world champs, but it did feel a bit, it did feel a little bit different and um yeah, it was certainly cool kind of watching it. And then I have enjoyed watching, reading all the Instagram the next day because I know exactly what they're like going through. Like, and I'm oh, sure yeah. when I come to race, I'm going to be exactly the same. You've got like maybe, oh, yeah. what did we say? Maybe like four people who had their day and everyone else is like, ah. <laughs> My favorite of all the, I mean, Grant, like I also posted on Instagram. It's what we do. It's, 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 it's back. My favorite though was Ben Hoffman's. He posted a picture of him uh, stuck in a planter because he came around a quarter too hot. <laughs> and he said, this sums up my race. <laughs> I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> and I, I did see that. And I was looking at the picture going, how, how, how does that, I couldn't even like work out how he'd got there or how the picture was taken. So yeah, that was a, that was a comedy one. And then you get all that. And also now, it's not just that we get race Instagram, we get race YouTube and mm. videos because a lot more people are now doing YouTube videos. And if you really want, you can watch the whole five, last 5K yes. rerun of the men's race on YouTube as well. Well, it was a really good race. We should talk yeah. about the race because the men's race was obviously epic. There was that duel, the last 5K. Um and I mean, I I was running out as they were running in. So I saw them neck and neck, but I didn't see the finish. And it was, it was just literally neck and neck, like shoulder to shoulder, the three, oh, like yeah. four of them and then three of them and then two of them. And, and then, then Lionel. Yeah. yeah, it was, uh, I mean, all that run course, as soon as the men got off the bike and started to running, there was kind of the, that group of four or five of them at the front, just like knocking punches out of each other no one giving up and then yeah of course at the end it kind of came down to you kind of thought it was Lionel and um was it Dietliff I think that was yeah running running side by side and then um kind of he dropped back and suddenly like Sam Long comes like from the depths that you think he'd been dropped earlier and so he suddenly like emerges on Lionel's shoulder can you imagine what Lionel was going through he sort of finally thought he'd managed to break away and drop everyone. And then Sam Long just like tootles up and appears in his pink suit next to him. And he's got another battle on his hands. But um, yeah, and and just watching those guys cross the finish line and they literally had just destroyed each other. Um, oh, yeah. And the 
the emotion. I think Lionel was in tears. I think, you know, it was pretty cool hearing Sam, you know, they, they have the banter between each other. They, they take the piss out of each other um, and they call the shots and stuff. But I think there's a lot of respect between the two of them. And, you know, I think Sam, I think it was, he was like race to any race as an age grouper. He was like half an hour behind Lionel in, in the last time in St. George or, you know, five years ago and has looked up to Lionel as kind of an idol and now is pushing him to destruction as only yeah, we actually, um, do. yeah, we actually had interviews with both of them at the finish line and we're going to have a story up about their kind of rivalry duel. I mean, it's good for the sport too. Yeah. They're both like really, uh, I think they're like that right combo of talking trash, but also they like each other. They respect each other. Yeah. Uh, and they, and they are both athletes where like, you can see on their faces how much it hurts the whole time. Like it doesn't look calm and relaxed and smooth. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. Hats off to, to all those guys that, that race like that. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, it was really cool to watch. It was, yeah. Super exciting. Um, my favorite quote was, uh, in like the post race uh, that I saw later, Lionel said, uh, you don't really know if you love this until the last half mile. And I love it. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> and I think that's true. Yeah, only Lionel would say something like that. Cause most of us would just be like, where's the effing finish line. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the men's race was obviously really close, really competitive. Um, Backyard got DQ'd with like two miles to go, and he was in that mix too. Uh, and it's a little, I think there was a little bit of confusion. Um, he got a penalty on the bike and he didn't serve the penalty. And you get DQ'd if you didn't serve the penalty. Like, to be clear, yeah. they tell us that every pro meeting, you have to serve the penalty, argue about it after. But if you don't serve the penalty, you'll get DQ'd. And so he got DQ'd. And I'm, it's not, it's like a little, it's not clear to me if he was just confused about the penalty or if he like, chose not to he was like no i shouldn't have gotten the penalty and chose not to serve it yeah because i know um in was it texas 70.3 that joe skipper got a penalty and he decided not to serve it because he wanted to be in the mix on the run to test his run ability but took did that knowing he would get disqualified so he made the decision if he served the penalty he'd be five minutes out of the race and then not in the mix to test his run kind of thing. And I think he, I think that's right. He made the decision. He's like, I'm going to ignore the penalty because I want to see where my runs at knowing that I will get disqualified kind of thing because I didn't serve it. I think is a skipper thing. Interesting. Um, well, yeah, he's a character too. Oh, yeah. Men are full of characters, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the women's race, I mean, the women's race, I don't want to say it wasn't as exciting, but it wasn't close. <laughs> like Daniela won by yeah, a lot. Yeah, look, it wasn't close, but I still, I'm going to stand out. I still think it was a really exciting, great race. And if you have the coverage to show it, there were some really great performances. I think, yes, it does show that Daniela is just still at that other, that another, another level to the rest of the women. Um, and that's just impressive. I mean, that's just amazing to see in itself, but it just sends more warning shots to the rest of us that we've still got to keep upping our game to sort of challenge her and stay near her. Um, but I do think there were some great performances and battles like further down, which would have been really cool to see, like just, you know, like the Emma Pallant and Jeannie Metzler, like Jeannie's run, I think, you know. She ran a 119 on that, on that course, course on Saturday. I know. Yeah. That was, to me, I was like, had to double check the split. I was like, has somebody written that down? And the way, like, she was running when they shot out of T2 was just, 
like they hadn't laid down, they hadn't surrendered to Reef at that point. They were all guns blazing for chasing her down. Um, and I think that deserves a lot of respect as well. Um, and you know, that's something I've actually noticed. And I remember watching, obviously, it's been a year now with racing, but I remember watching at these at 70.3 Worlds in 2019. And no one, none of those top girls, not Holly or uh, Imogen or Lucy, uh, no one was like, oh, Daniela has this. Everyone was like, compl- like, believed yeah. they could catch her yeah and i think that's like that's and so you know maybe they don't like <laughs> danielle is very hard to beat <laughs> but everyone is elevating their game and thinks like they could be i they mean won. even in the men's race right like sam yeah believes he could win right you have to believe you can win before you do so uh, yeah i totally believe that i tell you know daniela on performance she does appear to be on another level, but we, and I'm speaking collectively as the women's pros field here, we cannot put her on that pedestal because then she'll just keep getting better and we won't, <laughs> we won't bridge the gap. But I think you have got people, you know, you've got like, like Lucy, she wasn't there this weekend, but Lucy obviously pushing the swim and others in the swim, you've got powerhouses coming through on the bike and then putting it together for a run. And yeah, the way that, Jeannie and Emma went out of transition and and the other women as well you know you've got there was a great battle kind of that Paula Findlay Sky Monch um Hollywood Holly were all those yeah. kind of were all going back and forth and they're not they're not surrendering because every well <laughs> now if we go to PTO <laughs> PTO rankings you have to race fast you can't surrender whether you're in whatever position you've got to uh I know I know I, know I told you I uh, line. you need to be sprinting <laughs> for whatever position you are <laughs> I know I told you I, I made a pass with a mile to go for 24th place <laughs> <laughs> every second counts so Kelly now every second counts <laughs> but you're right I mean Haley Chera set oh. a swim course record yesterday. She swam 23 minutes. She swam up through the pro men. Um, and what was really cool, and I mean, you saw the coverage. I did not see the coverage. I lived the coverage. Um, <laughs> the they, the coverage. Yeah, the, the cameras on the swim are really good. Like, you can see everything. They have lots. They had lots and lots of camera crews out there this weekend. Yeah. They had a timing arch mid-swim. They had drones yeah. out there. They I, had lots wondered, of cameras. Yeah. I wondered what that was. It it, it kind of, because I'd come into the coverage a little bit late and it, it looked like it was an open water swim. You know, we have to like yes. tap the board. I was like, what's going on? Or, or is that a COVID shower and they're rinsing people off whilst they're in the water swimming? But yeah, I mean, I should apologize to Hayley Chur. I should have mentioned her because that swim was super impressive and she basically then strung the rest of the the women out and made them all I, you know we saw we definitely saw a few people pop in the swim and have those yeah kind of not where we would expect them to come out and maybe that's mm-hmm. one first race back and we can we can talk about that and that first time just that you know it's the nerves pre-race but just getting in the water and being in a race environment and when the gun goes and and maybe that was some people weren't quite prepared for that within the pro field um but yeah Haley just yeah that was really impressive yeah, swim. yeah there were a couple women who dropped out in the swim and uh and it was a pretty tough it was a pretty rough swim like we were beating the shit out of each other and i'm not sure why i'm not sure if it was a first race back thing if it was just that there was a, a larger women's field yeah that was deeper than usual. So it was just, everyone was really close together. Um, but it never let up. 
I got yeah, like my goggles knocked off at like halfway through. Like it was, oh, really? it was just really intense the whole time. You so. see, it, every second counts. It's <laughs> desperate times. Everyone's clinging, clinging to get that train through to get them to the finish line. <laughs> But like you said, it was kind of this first race back. And I think one of the things that um, I found really interesting, and I saw this in the across the pro field, but even some of the across the age group field was some people came in with January level fitness, right? Like this was clearly a rust buster. I'm going to say I was one of those people. Like, I could see that I could see my other my friends out there with me, like all of us looking at each other being like, what is happening right now? Like some people, Ben Hoffman, Lindsay Corbin had these days, like some of the people clearly they took the last year and a half pretty light uh joe gambles um you know and and so this was kind of the start of getting moving again yeah some people came in peak fitness like they were cashing in the last nine months like this was like the world championship for them and yeah. so it was just like a wide variety and i think what's going to be interesting is how that plays out later in the year because some of those people are a little hot for yeah. the first race of the year and some of them will come or like, you know, build now and be ready for October. So it, uh, we'll see. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's kind of, yeah, some people, it, it was weird having it as a, it was a bit like, I think, when uh, WTS Hamburg announced it was a world championship, but quite late, but last year, and but we hadn't really had a series. And then suddenly it was like, oh, heck, it's the North American championships, but we don't feel like we've had any races and there have been some races and those guys that have been like full on hundred percent committed to those races were probably the ones that were sort of all guns blazing. Um, they've used the last year to, you know, I think we're going to see some new faces pop up mm -hmm. out of the last year because we haven't had that races, those races. Um, and it's, it is going to be, yeah, it's going to be intriguing to see whether, they are the new faces and they're the real deal and they will carry on with that through, you know, we've got Ironman Tulsa coming up and then um, the other races that are happening and who can then carry that form through to hopefully the, the world championships over both distances at the end of the year. Or is it the, the guys that kind of are coming into this race undercooked and seeing it at that January level, but are hugely experienced and, world class and have just yeah they're just timing it differently um, right and it's so hard to know because like the results are there then sort of black and white and well that's i guess where we start reading all the the race instagrams and finding you out read the instagram. yeah. <laughs> i mean obviously a race is a race you do yeah however you do on that day and that's why Brilliant. we race uh but yeah I, i'm curious who's gonna who's gonna still be really good and who's gonna come around and right. be good later in the year yeah. so We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> it was a preview for the championship course. Um, I was just telling you, I mean, so we will have worlds in St. George in September, Friday and Saturday. And it's, I was telling you right before it's a similar, but it's slightly different. And I previewed it. I'm like putting together a video for people. In my opinion, the world's course, the slightly difference, it's actually even a little harder. <laughs> Which is exciting. <laughs> like, most courses these days keep taking the hills out and making everything flat and fast. And so actually to have a course or a race team that are going, actually, no, we're going to make this harder, like full credit to them. And it's, you know, it's the world championship. So yeah, I mean, it's still obviously will favor a certain type of athlete, but the world championship moves around. Well, for 70.3, it moves around. So 
hopefully though you know everybody gets that chance and on the day it's the best athlete that will will still win kind of thing yeah um i mean we all like everyone worries about the bike course and like the long snow canyon climb but really like there's all these climbs before you get there your legs are toasted by the time you start there there's a few more little climbs now with like how they've they've changed the bike course a little bit yeah. i mean i gosh i think it was 2016 that i raced st george which actually isn't as long ago as i thought but i don't remember snow canyon being that hard yeah. the, the thing that makes it hard is like you said it's because there's been a constant rolling and a constant climbs beforehand which just take the extra energy out of your legs so that when you come to snow canyon at the end you're already kind of pretty buggered and especially as we saw like at the weekend the the men and the women were just giving 10 bells to each other all the way through so yeah by the time they got to snow canyon um and so for the world's course like you can just expect that to be amplified um yeah i mean it's just yeah yeah. And then the run it's, course you were saying is just... Right. I mean, in my opinion, everyone has worried about Snow Canyon and the run course is actually harder than the bike course. And then the way they've changed it for Worlds, it's not an out and back. They You go out with all the same climbing on your way out, but then you do this really steep little drop down into town and then you have to do it again. It's a two-lap course. So you don't really even get the benefit of running back downhill but then you have to do it all over again. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. so if you if you don't really love it that first time, you're gonna really find it special the second lap. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be. Yeah. I mean, I think it's gonna be a really tough world, but it'll yeah. be it'll be fun, right? That was what I kept trying to think during this weekend. Which part of this is the fun part? Again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which part of this did I sign up for thinking it was fun? <laughs> right. I had all those ideals during COVID. Yes, it's the first race back. It's going to be amazing. You're going to be with everybody again. No, this is not fun. This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it was obviously, I mean, for all of our like listeners, our readers, it was kind of the first race, first big race back. Yeah. And so there were a lot of the protocols in place that we'll see for a while here. Um, it was double the size of any race we've had in the US. So there, even with all those protocols, there were really big crowds and and masks are not yeah. mandated in St. George. So there were really big unmasked crowds. Like that's just the reality, like outside of in transition in the finish area. Sure. Like totally controlled, yeah. but all around that finish area lots like it was just it was really big um yeah. and so that's like something we're gonna have to like kind of keep an eye on this year and pay attention to the other thing was you know there are a lot of like safety and health protocols um kind of around some of which i think we're all okay with i think we're all okay with like yeah. virtual athlete briefings now and and having like a check-in times so you don't have to stand in line like that's all good uh but there was a lot of um concern rightly so about people not being prepared for the swim and the bike like just not a lot of people haven't been in the pool um a lot of people haven't ridden outside we did see uh we saw quite a few crashes for sure on some of the descents um somebody needed cpr at one point on the bike uh there was a fatality in the swim and i don't have all the details they haven't shared like they want to keep that personal for the family um but somebody went into distress uh i know someone passed out in the corral waiting for the swim so i mean there were yeah there were definitely some issues and uh and i don't think that's like i think iron man did what they could it's just you know it's it's, it's tough yeah and it's like unprecedented times kind of thing we've not been through anything like this before and so they will do and it sounds like they did the very best job to put everything in place for 
COVID, but also for bringing people back into racing. Um, but, and things are gonna, gonna happen and it's really sad. Um, I just hope that, you know, now sort of hopefully again, I think, you know, from, from that bike perspective, everyone, loads of us have spent the last 12, 18 months on an indoor bike on, on Zwift or whatever other platform, um, you, 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 you use, and you actually forget about like in real life, you have to, you have to break and you have to turn and there's other riders around you and you can't just sort of like magically van, you know, ride through the rider in front as you do, as your avatar does on Zwift, you know, that's going to hurt. Um, and so it is those skills and, and that's, you know, I think we just need to, yeah, it, the race organizers can do the very best they can. Um, and we've got to take a bit of personal responsibility on that as well. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to do worlds in September, like you yeah. need to practice your descending. Like yeah. I, there, like I hit, and I'm not a super big person, and I hit in the 40s, and the pro guys were like hitting 60 on those yeah. descents. So like, you got to practice um, yeah. for sure. And then the swim, yeah. I mean, hopefully, as more people get back into pools, like this will help. They did put a lot of rafts was the word I'm like, like uh there were a lot more spots with uh safety rafts along the swim so that people could stop and rest but one of the big challenges i think is they couldn't let the age groupers warm up in the water because yeah. of covid and so hopefully they're able to kind of figure that out and get people because i think like that helps with a lot of the stress um of the and like the, of the kind of the start the swim yeah. tends to be the one that is more nerve problematic and problematic yeah. for people uh generally um you know even even f for those of us who you know are relatively good swimmers it doesn't mean that you know i think we heard even like you said some of the pros even had kind of oh they had panic attacks and panic out, attacks yeah. in the water as well yeah. so it it is cover everyone um for sure yeah you ever had a panic attack in the water? I had a panic attack in the water one time and like I started having an asthma attack and it's it's not fun. It's pretty brutal. Um yeah. Yeah. so and you gotta look out for each other. I only like somebody stopped and helped me during that when I had that. Oh so. wow, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna have a lot more races now. We gotta what's the the USAT CEO said the motto this year has to be don't be a jerk, right? You gotta yeah. we're gonna have to all like help each other out for sure. Yeah, I think so. And that's where, you know, yes, triathlon, individual sport, it's you to the finish line, but let's, uh, let, yeah, let's look out for each other and just make sure everyone gets to the finish line. Um, next up on the race schedule kind of is, uh, and this isn't, you know, an age group race, but is a Yokohama in two weeks, which will be the World Triathlon Series kind of start of racing again. They reopened the qualifying window. So they reopened the period that you can earn points to qualify for the Olympics, but this is the first big race. And uh, I've talked to a lot of the athletes in the last week, trying like, they're very stressed. <laughs> like, yeah. The amount of stress <laughs> going into this is very high because it's kind of, it's not your last chance, but it's almost your last chance to qualify for the Olympics to like yeah. lock this down after a year and a half. You, you know, don't want to mess it up. It's very, and this is where you see that big difference between long course racing and short course racing. For the short course guys, the Olympics is, yes, I know they have the World Series and they have the World Championships every year, but the Olympics is that once every four years, five years, three years cycle that we're going to see. Um, and they've not had the chance to race. Whereas actually, we've seen some of like the longer distance coming back over the past few weeks and months where at least people have sort of, had a chance to 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 throw the rust off and and blow away the cobwebs whereas 
the ITU, the World Series guys who are going for that Olympic Olympic qualification haven't had that opportunity. And so they're suddenly going, they're going into that first race with not many races left, trying to get points, trying to prove that they are good enough for the team or for the relay, the mixed relay team, um, plus added in, you know, all the protocols with travel to Japan and what they can or can't do when they get there and the testing and all of that kind of thing. Like I, yeah, heck. And, and, you know, their racing is all racing hurts. However, and the, the speed that the guys were going and the girls are going at St. George, but you know, over the Olympic distance and the short distance, it's kind of, it is full gas and, one mistake does not really, you know, one mistake and it's kind of over and out. Um, whereas, Oh yeah. Their, their penalties are like, yeah. When you get a penalty, it's like 10 seconds or whatever. (laughs) Like that's, and that, that'll, that's enough to just. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll have, um, kind of previews up next week and how to watch and everything, but I do know for the U S it's the last automatic qualifier. So a top a podium gets you a, I mean, there's a little bit of a difference here. I will like spell it out in an article, but basically a podium gets you a spot top eight. If nobody's on the podium, gets you a spot. And then otherwise it goes, it comes down to discretion and like athletes don't like it to come down to discretion, right? Like you want to lock in your spot. So yeah, but so then they're you know, all you think, pretty stressed. It'd be interesting. I think from like, if you look at then from a British perspective, because they've picked the, the women's team at least, I don't not I'm not sure if they are racing in in Yokohama or not or whether they're just going to kind of like take that a couple of them are, yeah. And, yeah. Um but mm-hmm. the men's but for the men's team that's still kind of there's still spots and points up for grabs and they need to get get points to race. So um yeah and that's just like I you know we've talked about it before I do not envy any selection team policy athletes in the mix like just far too complicated and it's going to be a lot of discretion this year i mean in the u.s but also everywhere because there just hasn't been that many races hasn't been that many like automatic qualifiers so it's going to come down to a committee kind of and discretion means a committee picks is what that means and they look at your past results and all that um and in some cases that'll be really clear and simple like sure uh but in some cases it's really gonna not be like you talk about like the men on the u.s side right like there are two guys who will probably like are really you know top individual individuals but then we may get a third spot and the third spot starts to be like well who should get it and should it go to a person for the mixed team relay and ben canute is trying to like qualify just as a mixed team relay person but he hasn't even been racing itu it doesn't have points he raced saint george this past weekend <laughs> and it was brutal and tough according to his instagram post so it's yeah. you know it's what do you do then it's yeah weird. and it's again it's i then it, it goes back to those governing the national federations are they picking a team for the individual medals are they picking a team for the mixed relay now as well because we've been pushed back a year you're almost encroaching on paris 2024 mm-hmm. and so is there a view now do you start are you picking people with a view to like you know blooding them almost like pre paris or the fact that actually still a lot of funding is based on medals. So do you still want to pick to give you the best chance to get your medals in Tokyo? And then you focus again on Paris, but we're, we're, you know, we're only three years away now. So that's going to come around super quickly. And if you haven't 
I mean, I'm sure that's what they're paid to do. But if you haven't started planning and, and putting your pipeline of athletes in for Paris, then, you know, and where do you, so where does then Tokyo fit in that? Uh, I think people want medals. I, I think, think I think the focus medals. is on the medals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the focus but is on the medals. Minor, like those those third spots of athletes, like yeah, that's the yeah. yeah. And the thing that's super tough is you could be the third American or British athlete and earn the team three spots, and you might not get that spot. And yeah. that's just how it works. Yes. Or you could be the fourth or fifth American woman and be twelfth in the world. And you're not going to get to go. And no. that's just how it works. Yeah. <laughs> I of brutal. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, so that'll be really exciting. And then the week after that is Ironman Tulsa, which is the North American Championships, which again will be pretty packed. Daniela will be the Daniela will be winning that one again. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, I haven't looked at the full list yet, but we're kind of getting our regional championships now, getting getting moving. So Yeah, you know, and, and Tulsa's going to be interesting because I had a quick scan over the start list the other day, and I think we've mentioned it before. There's a lot of, you know, if you're talking about that heading towards Kona, actually there's a lot of women racing in Tulsa who have already qualified for Kona. Um, so there's potentially mm -hmm. some great opportunities up for grabs for, for the women, and I'm sure it will be very similar on the men. Um, in the in the UK um, or in Europe, I should say, I think Frankfurt got postponed to September, which is going to be like the busiest racing month on. It is going to be crazy. Yeah. Every race in September, but at the same time, they then put a pro field and upped the prize money for Ironman UK. So Ironman sure. UK is now in third um, of third of third or fourth of July. It's a hundred k prize purse. It's got spots for for Kona up for grabs, and so that might. I feel like we need to one thing. I feel like we need to clarify. Like St George had a hundred k prize purse, and I saw, heard a number of people saying the winner gets a hundred k. No, a hundred k means fifty for the men, fifty for the women, split among the top ten. 10. The winner gets ten k, guys. That's how that works. Okay. Was yeah. Was it ten or was it? 15? It was ten. Was it ten? It was. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm. Yeah. Maybe I need yeah. to go double check, but it goes yeah. like ten, seven, yeah. five for like top three, yeah. something like that. And look, so. let, let's like it was great that the top 10 got paid but i'm now like in my view is if we've had we've got less races so the fields are stacked then we've got to alter the prize distribution yeah. and prize money and i know this is a whole different conversation but like either let's go let's go for less races and let's get those really good battles more often but you've got to pay a lot deeper than the top 10 like you've got to pay top 20 or everybody who's on that start line should get something should get right at least so they are not losing out from arriving at the event um but yeah so then you go if that was 100k for a 70.3 north american champs you've got ironman uk which is 100k for a full distance so again it'll be 50 50 split men and women um but then you've got you've got some full distance races which are 25k total mm -hmm. prize purse and then, and you think like you add that, you split that out for, anyway, we're probably going down the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. whole, you, go and, you can go and like Google yes. and look at the, it's like ironman.com backslash pro hyphen athletes. It gives you yeah. all the pro info yeah. and you look at the prize breakdown and all that. Um, yeah. But I did just see a bunch of the local St. George news kept saying, 
Lionel had won a hundred thousand and I was like, Lionel did not win a hundred thousand. So just to be clear, but there are a lot of races coming now. There are a lot this summer. Um, here in the U S we're seeing a lot of the local ones kind of like the New York city triathlon had their lottery last week. Uh, escape from Alcatraz has its lottery. I know super league is announcing a big thing today when this airs, mm-hmm. um, where they have a whole bunch of new series, uh, which will culminate in the U S culminate in one in the U S. Um, that's so there are like a lot of races and yes, all of them will be happening in an eight week span between the end of August and the beginning of October. <laughs> that's <crazy>. okay. <laughs> By that time we'll have all like grown two heads and be able to split ourselves in two bodies at two different times and we can all race everywhere. Because <laughs> we will also have an explainer up on the Collins Cup, which is happening at the end of August yep. and this, everything oh. is happening. So yeah, but hey, let's, it's exciting like this weekend was a real buzz so let's uh let's hope that continues yes it's it's good to be back good to be back <laughs> i'm gonna remind you of that the next time you race again was it really good to be back again racing <laughs> which part of this is fun it took a long long time out there to remember like what was the fun part <laughs> <laughs> and i'm guessing as well now like you get to the finish line and you can't really like often then, like you, you, you know, your war stories, but at least like you have, right. you'll have a drink or a beer and you catch up with everyone and you sit and hang around and you chat or then you all go out for dinner in the evening and stuff and take the piss out of I people know. like hobbling downstairs backwards and all of that. But you didn't get any of that either. Not really. I mean, not with like how St. George was and stuff. It wasn't yeah. good. Like pretty much hobbled back to the hotel room and laid down on the floor, right? Yeah. That's, that's it. So... <laughs> Hopefully by the time all these races happen this fall, like fingers crossed, everyone gets their vaccines. Everyone like does what they need to do so that we can have like real, real fun this fall. Real fun. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Thanks for breaking it all down with us, Laura. It's good to be back. (laughs) It's good. No, it was uh, yeah. Good fun chatting as always, Kelly. Hope you enjoyed our quick recap and analysis of the race season getting started. Hopefully you're getting ready to race. We'll be back with regular interviews next week. In the meantime, keep training and keep listening.